1978, there was a, a 15-year-old girl. Uh, she was killed in California, and her body was, was found uh, just right after uh, by the Golden Gate Park, uh, but the killer was not found, uh, at least not until recently. I read a story uh, that just in December, a 76-year-old man uh, was arrested in Colorado 43 years after this killing had take play, taken place. The girl, from, was from, the girl was from New York. She went to California to visit a friend. Uh, she, was, she was murdered there, and this guy went to Colorado to hide and was able to hide for 43 years, um, but he's since then been arrested and charged. Uh, our past has a way of catching up with us. It, it's not karma, uh, but it's, it's uh, consequences to, to things that happen, not only us, but on others too. See, we all feel the consequences of sins that we have committed, and we all feel consequences of, of sins that have been committed against us. It, it's, not, it's not that we aren't forgiven. We don't have to carry them. We don't have to carry the guilt or the shame. Uh, we, we can let those go. We can ask for forgiveness, and, and we will be forgiven if, if we ask. But we're going we're gonna to go into a story today in Mark chapter 6, and it's not to make anyone feel guilty. We, we all have these. There's, there's not one person here that says, well, I don't actually have anything I've ever done wrong. Um, but, it, but it's a, kind of a challenge. If, if you are in a, a cycle of a, a non-repentant sin where you continue to want to live this way, the, the challenge really is to stop today. And, and there's a reason for it. See, your sins from yesterday uh, have consequences on today and possibly the future. But if you think about it, any, anything that you do today also may have, it will have, uh, there will be consequences in the future. So we actually have a, a, uh, an opportunity to stop. It doesn't mean that we'll be perfect. We will mess up. This is what I'm talking about here is knowing what's right, knowing God's way, and then still saying, now nah, I'm going to do it my own way. Because that's the story we're going to get to in just a minute. Uh, if, if a proof came out that, that coffee was a poison to our bodies, who would, who would continue to drink it? Wait, <laughs> no one? <laughs> I know there are a few, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> there are a few of you who still would. Um, but if you think about it, I mean, we might say, well, eh, I've been drinking it for a long time, so it doesn't matter now. It's, it's too late to, to do something about it now. Well, that's kind of what's going on. When we choose to continue to sin, uh, when we when we know we can say, well, it's, I've, I've been doing this for 20 years and and nothing's really happened, and, and so that's our justification to to move forward with it. Um, but what we choose to do or or not do can impact ourselves and others greatly. You've heard of the butterfly effect, just the the butterfly on one side of the 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 earth flaps its wings and it causes a is it a tidal wave or on the other side, just just that one little little subtle change. Well, in today's story, we're going to consider uh, a lot of decisions that, that were made. Some of the decisions were personal decisions. Some of the decisions were decisions made by other people that impacted someone else. Some were rash decisions, just very quick, and then some were probably planned out a little bit. But I, w- I just want to look at the, the, the people in this story because the truth is we really live in a, a, a similar situation. We, we won't, we won't, you won't look at the story and say, well, that's my family. At least I hope you don't. You might, but, 
but you will be able to probably translate some of this uh, to, to your life today. And, and so Mark chapter 6, Mark calls this guy in our story King Herod. Now, I'm, we're going to look at a little bit of history, and I had to use a little bit more, uh, uh, more resources, more commentary, because there is a lot going on that if you just read the story, probably not going to get it. I, I didn't get all of it, but after, after looking through a lot of different resources, uh, we're, we're, there are some things that we know a lot more about, and then there's some things that we just have more questions. Anyway, this Herod that we read about in Mark chapter 6, he was not a king. But Mark calls him King Herod, so he was either simplifying things, and I'll tell you what that means in a minute, why he could have done that, or he was possibly mocking Herod. See, Herod want, wanted to be a king. His father was Herod the Great. His father was the king. He conquer, Herod the Great conquered the Jews, uh, or con- conquered Jerusalem for the Romans. He built the second temple. He massacred thousands of babies uh, when, after Jesus was born. And then we come to this story, and there's a different Herod, and it's kind of confusing. Um, but what, what I want to do is, if you would put the slide up on the screen. <laughs> yeah, not again. First service, uh, if you want to get a laugh, you can look back online. Um, and watch first service. So I turned, and my backside hit this table, and, and I felt it, and my iPad started to fall, and I went to reach to catch it, and this microphone stand was right here, and I hit that, and my iPad went down, and the microphone stand went down. It was, it was a mess, but could we actually delete that video? I don't want any. You're all watching it right now. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yeah, watch it after the service if you would. So there, there's a if you want to, you don't have to. Uh, there's a lot going on here. So this is Herod the Great's family tree. This, there's uh, some different ones. So each person on the top line, I don't know if you can see it. We got Herod, um, wife, 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 wife. Uh, he, he possibly had 10 wives, up to 10 wives, but we only see these listed here. I'm not sure the reason behind it. Um, maybe these are the ones he had kids with or just the ones that were uh, closer into this line. I, I'm, I'm not sure why. But anyway, um, Herod the Great, as you see, is at the top. These are his wives. So that all these people are his kids right here with different, with different women. And so this person is the half-sibling of these two and the half-sibling of these two. You, you get that. Um, and what we're going to look at today is Herod Antipas right here. Okay, He's, he's our main character in the story, um, or at least the, the main Herod in our story. We're actually going to look at another guy. Herod Philip the first, he's a part of the story. Uh, he might be a, a little part of the story, and she Her- Herodias is a big part of the story, as well as her daughter Salome. All right, we'll come back to that. We can actually leave that up there if you want. That might help to uh, to keep order on things. When I just read the scripture, I'm like, wait, this doesn't make sense, but you'll you'll see why. Um, so, some of the sons. Uh, because there's all these women here that they probably think, well, my, my son should be the king, or my son should be the king, so who's going to be the next king? And so maybe they tried to help out, but at least two of his sons tried to, uh, tried to kill him, and they were executed for treason. Uh, and one was, this is, and I'm only pointing out the things that I think are important for our story, one was the father of Herodias, uh, Aristobulus, we can, however you want to say it, but uh, so he tried to kill Herod, and he was executed. So uh, Herodias then uh, doesn't have uh, her dad, um, which is kind of important for this story. Herod's oldest son had tried to poison him, and after that, Herod decided to pass the kingdom on to the Herod in our story, Herod Antipas. He said he was going to be the king. He was going to take over. 
But before he died, he changed his mind. He was kind of paranoid, and, and uh, he's dying a horrible death. And he says, you know what? No one else deserves to be king. I'm, I'm Herod the Great. They don't deserve it, so we're going to divide up things. And so he says instead, uh, we will not have one king. We'll have multiple leaders. Well, Herod Antipas appealed to Caesar uh, to the emperor, and he, and he doesn't budge. He said, no, you're, your dad said that you're not the king, so you're not. You're a tetrarch, which means you're one-fourth of a ruler. So he had his own land, but he was not the king. He was just one-fourth of, uh, of a ruler. Herod Antipas. We're going to try to stick with just calling him Herod the rest of the time. I'll try to differentiate if we get to a different Herod. Well, there's, the, there's, there's trouble then with Herod. Uh, as, soon as, uh, as soon as this starts to happen, there's the kingdom next to him. Uh, they want to have a war. And Herod what, would do what most kings would do. He wants to, to make peace. So he marries the king's daughter. That calms things down for a little while. But then Herod goes on a business trip to Rome. This is all before we get to the scripture. I'm just trying to, uh, uh, to get it to, to where it makes sense. And uh, he went and stayed with his, with his half-brother, Philip, right here. So Herod stays with Herod Philip, and he falls in love with Herodias, which is Herod's wife and also his niece. Yeah, this is where you think your family is messed up. Like, like this is this is a big deal here. Uh, so Herod Philip, it was just called Philip in the scripture, is married to his niece. But then his brother-in-law or his half brother comes and and he says, "Oh, I love her too." All right. So um, he fell in love with her. They made plans to divorce their spouses and get married. But then uh, uh, Herodias's dad was upset, you know, because uh, his daughter married for peace in the land, and, and so um, uh, Herodias, uh, she secretly returns home, and then there's a war against Herod, and it didn't end well for him. He was beaten pretty badly. A lot of people died through that, uh, so that was a, a big deal. That's not even the part of the st- story in our scripture yet, but uh, it just the way that his decisions hurt so many people. Well, the divorce for Herodias was also a, a big deal, uh, because under Jewish law, a woman could not leave their husband and divorce them. And so technically under Jewish law, Herodias was still married to Philip or Herod Philip. Now Rome had different laws and she said, I'm going to follow the law of the land and it says it's okay and I'm going to do it anyway. And honestly, who's going to stop me? I mean, really, uh, she's, married, she's going from one, one person who's a, uh, not, not, not the same, um, but one of the rulers to the guy who's really a fourth of the, uh, basically a fourth, of, uh, fourth king. I don't know how you want to say it. There's no one that's going to do anything about it. So we get to Mark chapter 6, verse 14. I'm just going to paraphrase. Jesus is in the picture now. And, and Herod, he's, he sees Jesus and he hears that he's, he's powerful and he's performing miracles. And, and, uh, and he thinks, okay, well, uh, some people are saying this guy's John the Baptist and some people are saying it's, it's uh, Elijah because he was going to come back. Or maybe he's a different prophet. But Herod, he's, it says right here, he's John whom I beheaded. He has been raised from the dead. Herod's past caught up with him. See, verses 14 to 16, uh, this is like written in the present tense. But the rest of it is the story of what happened with Herod and John the Baptist. And, and you'll see then what he just said was, oh no, I think I made a mistake. So what's he do about it? Well, here's what happened in the first place. I'm going to read a little bit lengthy uh, part of the scripture because I don't need to paraphrase this. It's pretty easy to understand. Verse 17 for Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested, and he had him bound and put in prison. 
He did this because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married. For John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So Herodias nursed a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. She was not able to because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man. When Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled, yet he liked to listen to him. Finally, the opportune time came. On his birthday, Herod gave a banquet for his high officials and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. When the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guests. The king said to the girl, ask me for anything you want and I'll give it to you. He promised her with an oath, whatever you ask, I will give you up to half of my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, what shall I ask for? The head of John the Baptist, she answered. At once the girl hurried in into the king with a request. I want you to give me right now the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The king was greatly distressed, but because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he did not want to refuse her. So he immediately sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. The man went, beheaded John in prison, and brought back his head on a platter. He presented it to the girl, and she gave it to her mother. On hearing this, John's disciples came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. All right, a lot there. Herod seems like a very broken person. He, he seems to be very torn. A man who maybe knew what was right and wrong, but there was something that was keeping him from doing it. He was wanting to show his power, his, his authority. He throws a, a birthday party for himself. And, and you'll notice in the list, it doesn't say he invited his friend uh, Tom and his friend Jacob. And uh, No, it, it says that there were military officials, there were leaders uh, it was all about titles. It had nothing to do with the relationships, but he wanted to show people, hey, I can still be a king. Maybe I'm not the king, but I'm the king. And so he makes this oath in front of all these people to show them that he's powerful. This wasn't, this wasn't about anyone else. This was about him. But the problem was he actually couldn't make that oath because only a king could give away any of the land. He was, he was a Roman vassal. He, wasn't even, he didn't even have the authority to do that but he didn't care. Now, there are some questions in the story. Maybe he was drunk, most likely. Maybe not, but most likely. The dance from um, Herodias' daughter, who we see from history was Salome, the dance may have been sexually suggestive. Maybe not. Uh, Most likely it was the men were in one chamber, the women another, they ate separately. She came in as the entertainment. But the point is, it, it doesn't matter. It's not about the dance. It was about Herod. The, the kid is not the center of attention. Herod is, and he loves it. He plays it up real big, and he wants to show how important he is. Hey, I can give away half of my kingdom, and guess what? I won't even miss it. You see what power I have, everyone? That, that's really what he's doing here. It's not about her. These guests, though, uh, these, these were what he was after. Herod craved res- the respect of the powerful. They were honoring him as king, and he wasn't going to mess that up. And so when the request came for John the Baptist had to be put on a platter, it says he was distressed. It was a tough decision, but he still did it. He did what any king would do. He did what any tetrarch would do. He, he did what you would do and what I would do. When, when we have an opportunity to, to repent, to do things the right way, but we're just not ready to, we don't want to, we, we, wanna, we don't worry about, uh, about doing the right thing, we worry about what people think of me or, or how much power or status I have. 
I mean, we're not kings, but we're still after some of the same things. And so he did what any of us would do. He made things worse. He went with it, and he made it a lot worse. And just like in the story, that one poor decision didn't just impact him. It impacted a lot of people. His new wife, Herodias. A lot of people, when, uh, when you hear this story, she's made to be the, the evil manipulator standing in the background, pulling the strings, making things happen. And there might be a little bit there, but I think there's a lot more to, to it with her. I mean, most would say she's probably the reason John the Baptist was beheaded, but I'm, I don't think so. See, let's assume that Herod makes the right decision. John the Baptist says, hey, you're not technically divorced to your first wife, and, and Herodias is not divorced. It couldn't have happened. Uh, under Jewish law, you're not divorced. And so he says, you know what? You're right. We're just going to, we're going to, we're going to make things right. I'm going to get my spouse back, and I'm going to, and she's going to go and see if her husband will take her back. <laughs> yeah, right. Is that, is that right? What would happen to Herodias if Herod agreed with John the Baptist? I mean, your guess is as good as mine. We really don't have a clue, and she probably didn't either. She probably thought she was going to be put into prison um, or on the streets begging. She, surely her, her first husband, Herod's brother, would not take her back. Maybe she would have been executed. She doesn't know, so she's, she's, this is a defense mechanism. This is her, uh, it's self-preservation. She was an orphan. She became the wife of a tetrarch, and now what? It's a male-dominated society. This would not have ended well for her, most likely. Herod's decision impacted a lot of people. It brought guilt to him. Uh, it put Herodias in a really tough position. John the Baptist was beheaded because of it, but it didn't stop there. There was the, the daughter of Herodias. I'll point her out down here. as You can see where she falls in the family, family tree there. Herod's uh, niece, great-niece, great and stepdaughter. And, and she was possibly 12 to 14, some say a little bit older. And like I said, the dancing and, and all that. Um, and then Herod made a really bad decision. I think a, a lesson from this is that bad decisions will, will not always be thought out in advance. We might not have a chance or we might not feel like we have a chance to make the right decision once we've put ourselves in a in a bad position or bad situation. Um, he, he uh, I don't think he, this was just him deciding quickly, but he didn't have to put himself in that spot. The daughter of Herodias, Salome, was, was a victim of a very messed up family and put in bad circumstances. All this to say in this story is one person's bad decisions don't just impact one person. There's a, an author, George Munzing, in a book, Living a Life of Integrity. He says this, if, if you cheat in practice, you'll cheat in the game. If you cheat in your head, you'll cheat on the test. You'll cheat on the girl. You'll cheat in business. You'll cheat on your mate. Sow a thought, reap an act. Sow an act, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. It, it's not the... Uh, you know, sometimes people say, well, once a cheater, always a cheater. No, it's not like that. It's not karma. It's that if you want life change, then you have to have life-changing habits. You have to change the way you do things. You have to put yourself in different situations. You have to develop these. We have a guide. We have, we have the Scripture. Uh, we, have, we have the Holy Spirit. If we would turn to God and ask Him to guide us, He's going to guide us. But we have to be willing to pursue His kingdom 
and not our status or power. It doesn't look like in the story. Uh, no, none of us here are after a kingdom. We might be after something. Is it for you or is it for God and for others? See, because there's no such thing as personal sins. We, we justify some of our sins. We say, it's, it's only hurting me. I doubt it. You, you tell me your sin and I'll tell you how it's hurting someone else. You don't have to tell me your sins. You don't have to confess to me. I'm not a priest. We, we, we have Jesus as the only way to the Father. Today could be uh, the biggest day of your life. Today you could make a decision. You might be holding on to something that you just, you've been carrying it for, uh, for a few years or for 20 years or for 50 years, and, and it's eating at you. The forgiveness is there. The feeling of turning to God, uh, the voice of, of something that might have an eternal consequence might be at its loudest today. See, when you look at this story, Herod, with Herod, Herod lived years after beheading John the Baptist. But I think this story was probably a turning point. I can only assume this was a point in his life where he could hear an opportunity. He could see an opportunity. Maybe he could hear God leading him in some way, a conviction. It, with the scripture says he was distressed. He had a, he had a choice right there. Maybe, maybe we have a choice. Your past doesn't have to define you, and your future is full of hope in a better way. That was John's message. Repent. Herod, repent. Turn to God. Quit trying to do it your way. Quit trying to build the kingdom up and preserve yourself your way. Just, just follow God and you'll see how it works out. That was Jesus' message. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. Turn to God. I want to I be careful. I don't want this to just sound like it's all about what we do. Um, we repent for ourselves, for sure. You don't, we don't want to carry uh, this guilt. We don't want to live in the sin. We don't want to hurt other people. And so the second thing we do is we repent for others, or we stop living a certain way with destructive behaviors that cause pain to other people. We do that. All of us do that, and we should do that. I mean, that's loving other people, but we repent for God. And I think that's usually last. Like, if I do this, I'll feel better about myself, and my wife will love me a lot more, but, oh yeah, God might be happy too. There's three scriptures I just want to read uh, about this. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You might feel like our timeline is, well, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been living this way. He's patient. If you're here, you have time. 1 Timothy 2.4, who wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. He wants everyone. He, he didn't just say it, he showed it. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. What that tells me, and I hope what it tells you, is there is nothing that God wants more than you. He didn't just say it. It's not just words. He actually showed it through giving his Son on the cross for you and for me. It appears Herod had chances to follow God fully. It would have been great uh, for him for uh, a great move for himself and for others. But today, you also are invited to repent, to turn to God, and to follow Jesus. I, I would encourage you, just like with Herod, 
The moment's here. Don't wait. Don't wait another day. Uh, For you, for the people that you love, and for God, who offered this new life through his son. If, If you've never made a decision, if you're not really fully sure what this looks like to repent, and to follow Jesus, and to receive forgiveness. If you would, I'd I'd love to talk with you after the service. Come by my office, give me a call. Um, Just just, uh, write anything on the communication card. I definitely want to have this conversation with you, because uh, I believe that that's why we exist. We're here to share this life-changing hope of Jesus with the world, but if you don't know what the hope is, or what it looks like, it doesn't really do much, so we want you to know it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for uh, this story, uh, to see how even a couple thousand years ago, uh, a man uh, had, had a pursuit, uh, had, had a status, had people around him, and, uh, and he lived in a way uh, that was for himself, even when he felt uh, a reason not to. And, and so I pray that this would be an example, that we could look at our lives and see what it looks like to live, live differently, not not for ourselves, but trusting you both now and for eternity, that you would provide for us, that you would show us a better way, and that we would wake up each morning uh, feeling this freedom, uh, feeling a sense of of hope and purpose uh, because of, of the life you've given us and the love you've shown us through your son, Jesus. It's his name I pray.